Well, once again, Echo Church, if you're excited to be here in the house of God this morning, why don't you make a little bit of noise this morning, let them know you're here, you're awake, you're ready. It's good. Hey, let me, uh, let me start here. I've, uh, I've, learned, I've learned that I can convince myself of some pretty fantastic stories, and uh, I, I bet you can too. Years ago, our family lived uh, just north of Los Angeles in the city of Pasadena, and uh, I know I shared a story last week about Pasadena as well. I don't know if it's just because it's so cold outside, like I'm like, like thinking I'm in Southern California or hoping I am. I don't know. But uh, years ago, we lived just north of L.A. in downtown Pasadena, and there were, there were several high-rise buildings in the apartment complex that we were a part of, and there was this large plaza in the middle that kind of stretched this way, and at the north end, there was a, a high-rise that was right up against the 210 freeway. If you've ever lived in L.A., you never say, like, I-10 or anything. It's just the, the 210. You with me? Like, it's just everything has a the before it. It was the 210 freeway. And Pasadena is kind of swanky if you've ever been there. It's a little ritzy. And so they never have the freeways like up where you can see them. They're always below, like they're kind of beneath the eyesight. There's these beautiful San Gabriel Mountains. They never want freeways competing with it. So they went through the expense and the time of putting the freeways down. So you actually don't even see them, even though they are there. And our apartment complex was right up against it. Now, most mornings when you turn on the morning news in Los Angeles, you would often see the the high-speed chase that took place the day before. You guys with me? You've seen this before where there's like, there's helicopters and there are people, you know, there's, there's always some bonehead that's fully convinced that he's the one that's going to outrun the police. Like he's the one that's finally going to make it. There's 10 helicopters, but he's going to be the one to, to, to get away. And what I love about these chases is are the moment where the guy has this great like reasoning. Like my car is not fast enough. I'll stop the car and I'll get out on foot. Are you with me? If my car cannot ride him, surely my, my feet can outrun all of this. And they, they're in a neighborhood or in a town. You've, you, you've seen this. And this is always playing in my mind while we lived out in Los Angeles. Also, most mornings, I would go for a run. I love getting up early in Pasadena and going for a run when it was kind of dark out. I sort of felt like the city was mine. I, I loved it. It was just kind of me and the city. But I, I got to be honest, my, my eyes would always be wide open when I was running early of a morning. And the reason is, is simply this, that as I was running, there would often be people, unfortunately, who were living on the streets uh, that, you know, at night. And so I'd be up early running and they would hear my footsteps before I would see them. Are you with me? So like it would, my footsteps would startle them and they're like in attack mode by the time I see them. Are you with me? And it would just, it would scare the living daylights out of me. So as I'm running, like I've got all this always playing through my mind as I'm running through the Pasadena streets early of a morning. On this one particular day, I got out and I was running down our street, which is Madison Avenue, onto Colorado Boulevard. That's where they have the, uh, the, the Rose Parade, if you've ever seen that on TV. And I'm, I'm heading east on Colorado. I turn down uh, Lake Avenue, heading south. It's this beautiful uh, shopping area. I'm running down south, and then I turn, head back east. I'm giving the coordinates. It'll make sense here in a minute. I'm running onto the California Institute of Technology. We call it Caltech. If there's ever an earthquake in the southwest, you see a press conference. It's there at... Caltech. It's this beautiful wooded uh, campus. I'm running through campus. I come out in this little town called San Marino. And uh, as three or four miles out, I turn around, I come back. On this particular day, I'm running back through Caltech, which again is all these trees, and I can hear several helicopters above me. It's not uncommon to hear helicopters in LA, but there were several, and it sounded like they were just hovering. And as I made my way out of the campus, back onto Lake Avenue, getting ready to head north, I look up, and there's a helicopter directly above my head. 
the, the, the buildings there on Lake Avenue, there may be a story or two high, and, and it felt like I could reach up and touch the helicopter. It was right there. And as I start running north on Lake Avenue, I recognize that the helicopter is hovering right with me. He's just directly overhead. And I'm thinking to myself, I've seen this on TV. I know what's happening. There's a bad guy who was on the 210 freeway. He thought he could, you know, outrun the police. And any moment now, he's going to jump out. So I'm not kidding. I'm running with my fist. Like, I'm ready. Uh, the, the guy jumps out. I'm going to punch him. I'm going to be the hero, be all over the news, right? So I, we're going up north on to um, Lake Avenue. I get back to Colorado Boulevard to head west, and it's this big clearing. It's this big, beautiful uh, intersection. You can see the mountains. You can see far east and west in Pasadena. And now all of a sudden I can see there's not just one helicopter above me. There are actually about four helicopters that are swirling above my head. So I'm more convinced than ever, there is somebody who just got off the freeway and they are tracking this guy down. Now I start to run down Colorado, back towards our apartment complex, and the first helicopter stays and a second helicopter comes with me. Now I'm thinking, you guys are you're probably picking up on this, now I'm thinking not only do they think there's a bad guy, they think I'm the bad guy. You know what I'm saying? Like this is not good. I, I'm, I am double-stepping it the whole way up to our apartment complex. I get to Madison Avenue. I am sprinting. My legs are about to fall off. And God is my witness. I'm not making any of this up. I reach our apartment steps, uh, the, the steps to our apartment complex, and I am running up them. And there is another helicopter, a fifth helicopter, that emerges on the other side of the apartments and then hovers over me for a second and then, like, speeds off. I'm like, I've seen this in the movies. Like, those guys are about to, like, rappel down, and they're going to take me out with, like, AKs. Like, I am done. I run into our apartment complex. Like, blood's pumping. I'm sweating. My legs are about to fall off. Katie's sitting in front of the TV, and I run in. I'm like, you are not going to believe what's happening outside. She's like, I know. I've been watching it on TV. I'm like, you have? She's like, yeah. There was a crash on the 210 freeway. Every news helicopter in the city is hovering above Pasadena right now. In fact, there was someone who was so hurt, they had to put them in a medevac, and they just lifted up right over the apartments. And I'm like, I know, that's exactly what I thought was happening outside. Like, that's exactly what I thought was going on. Now, I would tell that story for years, and Katie was like, I never knew that you thought that. I was like, because I was too embarrassed to tell you what I was really thinking. <laughs> I had completely constructed a story in my mind. Now, everything I saw actually happened, but I had constructed a false narrative in my mind. I had told myself a fantastic story that wasn't actually happening. And this is important. Just like I had made up a story in my mind that wasn't true, all of us can make up some stories from time to time, can't we? We can construct some false narratives. We, we see what's happening, but the story we tell ourselves isn't actually true. While one thing is happening, we construct a whole different narrative of what we think is actually happening. In fact, I'm convinced that often we're believing one of three lies. Uh, maybe you've experienced some level of rejection. And the lie that you believed is, I'm unloved. Maybe at one time or another, you experienced some form of failure. And the lie that you heard is, I'm unapproved. Perhaps at one time or another, you felt left out, uninvited, um, not included in a certain friend group or scenario. And you, you believe the lie that you were unaccepted. 
I, I think most of us believe one of those lies perhaps more than the other, but all of us believe all three of them at different points in our lives, and we hang on to these stories. But as we get started today, I pray that you'll, at least by the end of our time together today, that with your whole being, that you'll recognize that not one of those lies is true. The, the lies we so often believe, I'm unloved, I'm unapproved, I'm unaccepted, listen to me this morning, not one of them is true. We're in a series today, part two, called The Best is Yet to come. The best is yet to come. And beyond being a nice phrase, we said this last week that as a follower of Jesus, we actually had this core belief that what's ahead is always better than what's behind. It's not just a, a, a nice catch phrase that we might say to one another from time to time or put it on a plaque. That in Jesus, we recognize that he's the one that brings hope in the darkness. He brings joy in the midst of sadness. He brings a resurrection from a borrowed tomb. In Jesus, the best is always yet to come. Now, last week we said this, that it won't happen passively, that we have responsibility in that journey. What did we say last week? You might remember the, the verse from Philippians chapter three, verse 12, where Paul says, not that I've already been perfected, not that I've already attained all this. What do you say? But I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Je Jesus died not only to free me from sin, but he died to free me to a life full of purpose. And it's my responsibility to reach out and take hold of it. That God has something for me. Some of you might even remember the title of last week's message, just two short words, don't settle. Don't settle because God has far too much purpose that he wants to place in your life and far too much impact that he wants to bring out of your life to settle. The best is truly yet to come. Today, what I want to suggest is that you and I cannot live into our God-given purpose if we're constantly believing these three lies, that I'm unloved, I'm unapproved, and I'm unaccepted. Today, I want us to learn how to walk in the fullness of who we get to be in Jesus. The title of my message today is simply this three, three words, change the playlist, change the playlist. Would you guys say that back with me? I want this to kind of seek into our minds today and be with us this week. Here we go. Change the playlist. That was good. Let's do it one more time. Just so it sinks in. Here we go. Change the playlist, change, change the playlist. I love music. Like I, I almost always have music playing, whether it's in my car, in my ears as I'm running. Uh, um, you know, we have it playing at, at home when the kids come down from you know waking up. There's there's always music playing. I, I love music so much. It's almost hard to remember a time before we had apps on our phones, right? That would like play any playlist we want at any time. But come on, who, who remembers back in the day when you had to get the boom box out and listen to the radio? And if you were going to make a mixtape, come on, somebody, you'd have to hit play and record at the same time. You guys with me? You just sit and wait just for that song. Then anybody else ever figure out this? If you like plug in the headphones that you could like talk into them like a speaker, you could like, you could make your playlist for like your sweetie. You know what I'm talking about? Baby, this one's for you. You know, what I'm you, come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? You could. Go back. If you, if you missed that, go back. You can use, use the headphones. I love, I love playlists. And playlists have often been a lifesaver as a parent, especially when our kids were younger. Uh, I would often change the playlist so that I could change the environment. Are you with me? 
Uh, we often, for 10 years, our family lived in different parts of the country. And so we were coming back to Indiana to visit family. We'd be on these like 9, 10, 12 hour journeys. And we'd have to change the playlist to often change the environment. Like if kids were being irritable, I might throw on a little bit of jazz music. You know what I'm talking about? And just kind of like settle everybody down. Like my favorites are like John Coltrane, anybody? Herbie Hancock. My all time favorite is the Preservation Hall Jazz Band. If you don't know, you better go figure it out today. Because like it is, it's good stuff. Now, if the kids were like fighting over media devices and it was like summertime, we'd roll down the windows and I might turn on like some James Taylor. Anybody, any of my James Taylor fans or like some Darius Rucker? Like, who's Darius Rucker? He's Hootie. If you guys know about like Hootie and the Blowfish, right? Just <laughs> maybe if I need to like lighten the mood, I might put on some Ed Sheeran or some Johnny Swim, some classics like Benny King or Sam Cooke. I don't know if I've got any classic fans here. When I'm driving the kids to school, I uh, almost always have a worship playlist on because no matter what happens in the midst of their day, I want them to be reminded that you are loved by God. <laughs> no matter what you're going to face, you, you are loved by God. I change the playlist so I can change the environment. And I want to teach us today how to change the playlist in our minds and in our souls so we can change the environment that we're often believing. Back in 2005, the National Science Foundation released this study and in it, they suggested that on average, we as humans have some 60,000 thoughts every day. <laughs> if you're ever tired at the end of the day, now you know why. 60,000 thoughts. Perhaps even more staggering is that they discovered that 80% of those 60,000 thoughts are negative. 48,000 negative thoughts every day that we have about ourselves, about the people around us, about the, the, the world in which we inhabit. 48,000 negative thoughts. So like the helicopter story, right, where we're kind of constructing a, a, a false reality, it's not only a false reality, it's often a negative reality. We, we will often twist what we see happening into something that's false and Negative, And if we're constantly believing the lies, we can never live into the fullness that God has for us. What I want to do today is help us learn how to grab hold of God's word in our life and then how to apply it. If we're not only going to believe the best is yet to come, but to experience it, we're going to have to learn how to change the playlist in our souls. How are we going to do it? Here's what I want to do. Today I want to give us a three truths to grab hold of and then three next steps. Three truths to grab hold of and then three next steps. Steps. Here we go. If you're ready for the first, say I'm ready. ready. It's pretty good. Here we go. Three truths to grab hold of. Number one, I am so loved. I, I am so loved. Listen, I have three theological degrees. I've been thoroughly studying the Bible for the last 20 years. And here's my conclusion of it all. You ready? You are so loved. If there's one thing that God is trying to get through to you, it's that you are so, you're so loved. Stop believing the lie that you are unloved. If you're going to go grab hold of the life that God made you to live, it will not be absent of a deep sense of immense worth. It'll be found realizing that the God of the universe, listen, he made you out of love. He made you out of love. From the core of your being, you must realize that your creator is crazy about you. Can't stop thinking about you. The creator is crazy about you. Now, most of us, I think, we think that God is mad at us, that he's disappointed, he's exasperated, or he's frustrated. But listen, that's not what the scriptures say. You might not even know much about the Bible. You might know this one. It says this in John 3, 16. For God, do you see it? So loved. 
the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You are so loved that he withheld nothing from you. He, in fact, he gave his very best. He gave his one and only son. Now, listen, this is important. To think less about yourself is to think less about his sacrifice. You are so loved that he sent his son so that you would recognize the immense worth that you have. You are, you are so, so loved. Here's the second one. I am set apart. Second truth you've got to grab hold of. I am set apart. Listen, each of us is born with distinct purpose. There's something that God wants to do in the world, so he made you. There's, there's something that only you bring into the world. And most of us, we, we sense this destiny. There's something I'm supposed to do with my life. The problem is we spend so much time trying to convince ourselves and everyone else around us that they should approve of us and the things that we're supposed to bring into the world that we kind of get distracted believing that God has given us that purpose. We'll find all of our own ways to, to, to feel this. We might become a workaholic. Like the numbers at the end of the day, they've just got to match up so that I feel my worth. I might become a gym rat, make sure the body looks just, just perfect. And if it's just perfect, then I feel good. And if it doesn't, then I don't. Or maybe it's found in relationships or in dating. Perhaps your worth often comes in the finances. When I make a certain amount, then I will finally feel that I am approved. And I want you to hear today, listen, you are already approved by your creator. You're already approved by your creator. He affirmed your worth when he sent his son to die for you. You have so much worth. Now, one of my all-time favorite verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, and it says that when you're a follower of Jesus, all the promises of God now become true of you. What does that mean? So when you look at the, the ark of the Bible, you go all the way back to the Old Testament, the promises of God for the Israelites, if you're a follower of Jesus, now those promises become true of you. When you're reading the Bible, you need to see that. So when we look at a verse like Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, it says this, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Yes, he's talking to Israel, but as a follower of Jesus, he's now talking to you. You can, you can insert your name. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I already set you apart. You're holy to God. I set you apart to do something in the world that nobody else can ever do. I made you on purpose to bring about a purpose that nobody else can fulfill. Listen, you don't have to prove your worth to anyone. You are approved just because you got up today. In Jesus, you are already approved. So often the reality we construct says, I'm unloved. No, you're so loved. We, we start thinking, I'm, I'm unapproved and I must demonstrate my worth to everybody around me. No, no, no. I have so much purpose that God set me apart. Here, here's the third truth we've got to grab hold of. I am accepted. I am accepted. Listen, so many never get to live into their purpose because they devote so much time to believing the lies. They never see the impact they could make because they never see the value that they have. Are you with me? They, they, they spend so much time believing the lies, they never get to be the echo of God's love to the people around them. 
Watch it this week. I think so often what we're doing, whether it's the classroom or the boardroom and everything in between, is we're kind of bouncing off one another like a pinball machine kind of bouncing past one another. We never really look at each other. We're often so worried about making sure we feel accepted that in the process we actually exclude others. That's never what God intended for us. Now listen, we're designed for community, so acceptance is important. But you must realize that when you wake up, when you start your day, you are already accepted. Consider what the psalmist says in Psalm 139. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. Think about that for a moment. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I found it fascinating this week that scientists can measure the number of negative thoughts we have about ourselves in the world, but the psalmist declares we cannot number the amount of good thoughts that God has towards us. You have that much worth. You, you are that accepted. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God? They cannot be numbered. What are we doing? We're, we're changing the playlist. We're going to internalize these truths. I'm so loved. I'm set apart. I'm accepted. And there's three steps that we're going to take to not only believe that the best is yet to come, but we're going to change the playlist. We're going to change the way we think, listen, which will change who you become. You can change your thinking, it's going to start changing the reality of which you are living into. Three steps to take. Here's number one. Immerse yourself in God's word. Immerse yourself in God's word. Do you recognize what we've already been doing this morning? We've been immersing ourselves in God's word. Philippians 3.12. Not that I've already been perfected or I've already obtained all this, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has already laid hold of me. We've been immersing ourselves in God's word. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him won't perish but have eternal life. Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I, I, I set you apart. Psalm 139, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. We're immersing ourselves in God's word. Now listen, this is critically important, and I pray that, I pray that you hear this. There is nothing better, and there is no substitute for God's word. Whatever you're facing in life, whatever struggle you're walking through, there's nothing better for it, and there's no substitute. We need to immerse ourselves in God's word. Why? It is alive and active. What does that mean? When you read the scriptures, the scriptures are also reading you. The Holy Spirit, as you're reading God's word, which is living and active, can then translate the words that God needs to speak to you in that moment, in that day. They can inspire you. They can challenge you. They can correct and rebuke you. They can give you counsel. God's word is alive and active, which is why there's nothing better and there's no substitute. One of the things I often recommend is just to get a good, a good study Bible. People often ask me which one I use, and uh, there's several different versions we often use on Sundays. But the one I just, when I'm studying, I just got myself an ESV study Bible. It's big. It's the ESV. I call it the Big Easy. This is my, whenever I talk about the Big Easy at home, this is, this is what I'm referring to. It's a great study Bible. There's plenty of other good ones out there. But I just want to encourage you, when you're, when you're reading through the scriptures, what's going to happen? You're inevitably going to have questions. Listen, I just told you I have three theological degrees. I've been studying the word for 20 years. I've got plenty of questions still, all right? 
And it's so good that when you have a question, not that it's going to have all the answers, but it can lead you to other answers. It can lead you to dive in more deeply. Or what have theologians and historians thought over the years? Get a good study Bible and a reading plan. That's why we have a free reading plan right on the echochurch.cc app. Each and every day you can wake up and spend your first 15 minutes in the scriptures. I want to highly encourage you to do it. Hop in the daily app and there's the reading plan. While we're walking through our 21 days of fasting and prayer, there's even a daily prayer guide in there. But there's, again, there's nothing better. There's no substitute for God's word and just being immersed in it. Devotionals are great. In fact, I'd encourage you to grab devotionals. We have the Mark Batterson resources we've been talking about the past couple weeks out in the lobby right now. But get in God's word. And what are we going to do? Uh, we often use uh, an acronym around here, RAP, W-R-A-P, W-R-A-P, which just stands for worship, read, apply, and pray. So the first 15 minutes, you're going to allow God's voice to, be, have to have the first word in your life. And then you're going to hang on to it as you go through your day. It's going to wrap your day in God's word. You, you spend the first 15 minutes, a moment worshiping, a moment reading. Write down one verse. Why one verse? Because you can't remember two verses. <laughs> Worship, read, write down one verse, apply it to your life. This is what God's word is saying. Here's, I'm going to apply it to my life today and then pray. God, God, I need your help to live this out. I brought along my journal. This is just my, my 2022 journal. Just has spaces for every single day. It's the first 15 minutes of my day. It's what I sit down and do. I'm going to worship, read, apply, and pray. I'm just spending time in God's word. I'm, I'm immersing myself there. Listen. There's a lot of things that, that me and my wife are going to face during the week. There's a lot of things our kids are going to face. I can't be there with them every moment. I can't help them give them guide and, and guidance and counsel along the way. But I can do my best to immerse myself and them in God's word. Yesterday, it's Saturday. We can't do this every day of the week. There's just too much going on. But on Saturdays, before it gets crazy, right, before we went off and watched Spider-Man and everything else we're going to do, we just sat around and we huddled up and we read God's word together. There's, there's nothing better than immersing yourself in God's word. Why? Because it's alive and active. Give God the first 15 minutes of your day, each and every day, and watch how it changes you and eventually begins to change the atmosphere in which you live. You'll begin to not only change the playlist in your life, you'll start changing the playlist in the people's lives around you. It's amazing how when you immerse yourself in God's word, you start writing down a scripture every day, somehow that's the scripture that somebody else needed. You ever, you ever experienced that? <laughs> Well, what God spoke to you, you run into somebody and you're like, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> Here's what I was meditating on this morning. And I think you need to hear this verse. Can I pray with you? Can I, can I share that with you? We're going to immerse ourselves in God's word. And what I love is when you first start reading the scriptures, what you're going to do is you're probably going to hop in and be like, I don't even know what I'm reading. <laughs> and then you stay with it. You discipline yourself. And over time, you're going to get to a place where you're, you're going to start highlighting and underlining everything. You're like, I don't even know what to write down today. <laughs> There's just so much good things I could meditate on that God wants to speak into my life. That's the hardest part for me uh, every morning is not like, is there something good here? But like, what thing am I going to focus on? I want to encourage you, hop on to the echochurch.cc app. Use our daily Bible reading plan. Immerse yourself in God's word. Here's, here's the second next step we're going to take. Declare what's true. Declare what's true. I mean that literally. You can say it out loud, you can speak it, you can, you can write it down. We're going to declare what's 
true. We have 48,000 negative thoughts that we're thinking every day. It requires intentionality to overcome. Your brain is literally creating memory as you're thinking those negative thoughts. And so what you're doing is you are overcoming those negative thoughts and teaching your soul what's actually true. One of the most powerful things you can do is regularly. I would recommend daily, even for a season, is declare the truths of God. What are you doing? As you're writing down those verses each and every day from the WRAP, you're writing down that verse, and what you're doing is you're pulling the truths out of them and saying, this is true of me. As a follower of Jesus, this is true. Let me give you some examples. Perhaps there's times where you feel like you've missed your calling, and yet 1 Peter 2, 5 you can declare, no, no, I'm a, I'm a living stone. I feel like I've missed my calling, but the scriptures say I'm actually a living stone and God's using me to build his kingdom. I, I haven't missed my calling. So long as I stick close to God, he's gonna fulfill his purpose for my life. Maybe there's times you feel like you don't have a purpose. What does it say in 1 Peter 2, 9? No, no, I'm a, actually a part of a royal priesthood. I'm a, I'm part of a holy nation. I'm God's special possession. Maybe there's times you just sort of feel forgotten. Amongst the billions of people in the world, you're like, I just sort of feel forgotten and unknown. What does it say in Deuteronomy chapter 7? No, no, I am chosen by God. God knows me. God knows my name. God knows what he's doing in my life. Maybe there's a day where you feel like you, you lack value. Romans 8, 17. I might feel like I like value. There might be some things happening in the world that make me feel less valuable. But the truth of God's word is I, I'm actually a co-heir with Christ. The inheritance that's Jesus's, it's mine as well. I, I cannot have more value than being a child of God. Maybe there's times where you feel fearful. You feel fearful. Remember Paul's words to Timothy in his second letter, chapter one, verse seven. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. Maybe there's days when you feel impatient. Anybody ever been impatient? Nobody, nobody, just me? <laughs> Maybe there's a day when you feel impatient. You're going to remember Proverbs chapter 3. You're going to trust in the Lord with all your heart. But God, I really want it to come about in my time and in my way, and it feels like you're not moving, you're not doing No, no, no. I'm going to trust in the Lord with all my heart. I'm going to lean not on my own understanding. In all my ways, I'm going to acknowledge him. What's he going to do? He's going to make, he's going to make my path straight. You're immersing yourself in God's word. I love what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. Paul calls God's word the sword of the spirit. So now we learn that the word is alive and active, and it's actually a sword of the spirit. What, what does that mean? It's speaking to us. It's guiding us. It's challenging us. But then we also get to use the word to fight our battles as well. We're, we're, we're pushing back the, the lies of the enemy and say, no, no, this, this is actually what's true. I, I remember years ago when the girls were small was before we had Aiden the, the the girls were small we were actually at the beach we were down in Florida at the ocean and they were picking up seashells and they were throwing them in the ocean and you've, you've probably seen this with, with little kids right as the waves would come in they were kind of like tippy-toeing away you know what I'm saying like they were you know they were just standing on the edge and I walked up to him. I'm like, hey, you realize there's like a whole ocean here, right? <laughs> there's this little seashells, and they were kind of running from the, I'm like, do you want to go in? Like, do you want to like experience the ocean? And they're looking at me like big eyes, like, yeah, like, let's, let's go. And one by one, I'd pick them up, and I'd run out there, and there's nothing better than being immersed and engulfed in the ocean and experiencing it. And I think it's a good metaphor for 
so often what we're experiencing in, in our lives. That we're kind, of, we're kind of throwing seashells in with God. The waves are coming and we're kind of running back. And God's like, if you want, you can immerse yourself in my truth. That thing that person said about you, it, it stung. That situation that happened to you, it took you out. What's going on at work, like you're just so beat down by it. But if, if you want, you can immerse yourself in my words, in my truths, in my goodness, in my love. And in so doing, you'll have a sword of the spirit as you're walking into it. You, you can immerse myself, your, yourself in my goodness. You don't have to stand on the shore. You can experience the fullness that God has for you. What's amazing as you begin to not only immerse yourself in God's word, but then declare the, the truths, it starts to become a part of your life. Listen, and it begins to, to shape the way you see the world. It, it changes your worldview. You go from having these 48,000 negative thoughts a day that all of a sudden you're able to take captive the thoughts and say, I know that's what it feels like sometimes. I know that's what all the messaging is saying coming through the TV, but what's actually true is this. And it begins to shift everything. You begin to understand what, what Jesus meant when he said in John 10, 10, that the thief, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's really good at it. And Jesus says, but I've come to have life and that they might have it to the full. We're declaring the truths of who we get to be in Jesus. Here's the third and final one. Live from worth, don't live for it. Live from a place of worth, not trying to live for it. So many of us are spending our time looking for love and approval and acceptance that we never get to be the echo of God's love. What we're doing, we probably don't say this out loud, but what we're doing is we're saying, look at me, see me, help me, elevate me. Somebody make me feel loved and approved and accepted. And the Bible is shouting, you are loved, you are set apart, you are accepted. Over overwhelmingly. You're so loved that I sent my very best to you. So no longer do I have to find my worth somewhere out there in the world, in a job or in a, in a hobby. I don't have to find my worth somewhere out there. I get to wake up in my worth and now I get to share it with others. I woke up today so I have worth in God. I don't have to live for it. I can live from it. What does this mean? I don't have to prove my value to anyone. I simply get to walk in it. And now I can spend my time helping others recognize their worth. Instead of wasting my time trying to feel loved and approved and accepted, I get to know it, I get to live from it so I can help others. Hey, do you know about this man named Jesus? He's changed my life forever. <laughs> he brought joy in the midst of my sadness. He brought resurrection when I thought it was absolutely impossible. I mean, my God is incredible because you're living from a place of worth. And what's amazing is you'll start getting to a place where you say, my destiny isn't somewhere out there in the future. Right? We all sense that God made us with a purpose. And so we, we're, we're, someday, someday I'll get to my destiny. Someday I'll finally get there. You don't have to live hoping you someday find your destiny. You get to wake up in your worth and help somebody else experience their worth. And at the end of the day, guess what you did? 
you fulfilled your purpose. That day. Not, not some point in the future, that day. I know who I am in God. I helped you experience God's love. That day, you fulfilled your purpose. What God wanted to do in you and through you, you did it. It's a pretty incredible experience. Can I, I want to finish reading from the Big Easy. <laughs> it's not going to be on the screen. I just wanted to share directly from Isaiah 43. you want to close your eyes to just hear God's words to you, you're welcome to do so. You don't have to. Isaiah 43, this is God's words to Israel, which if you're a follower of Jesus, they're his words to you. But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, you can insert your own name, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. He goes on to say this. Maybe you're walking through some difficult days right now. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom. Cush and Seba in exchange for you because you are precious in my eyes and honored and I love you. He goes on to say this in verse five, fear not for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west. I will gather you. I will say to the north, give up and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. You have immense worth in God. We can tell ourselves some pretty fantastic stories, can't we? So many lies that we so often believe that get us off course of the purpose that God has for us. What are we gonna do? We're gonna, we're gonna change the playlist. We're going to change the playlist and grab hold of the truths. No, no, I am loved. I am set apart and I am accepted. What are the next steps we're going to take? I want to encourage you, grab onto one of these three this week. We're going to immerse ourselves in God's word. We're going to declare it regularly. We're going to live from our worth, not for it. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your immense grace and goodness and kindness to us. Father, in this moment today, we want to grab hold of the truths of who you say that we are in you. We invite you to come and speak to us. As we're praying for just a moment, I wonder which of those three lies that you, do you maybe need to do some business with today. Maybe it's, I'm unloved. Maybe it's I'm unapproved or I'm unaccepted. Which of those three do you, you more often find yourself believing? And in this moment, I want you, in your own heart, just to pray with God. And say, Lord, I so often believe this lie. Just tell him what it is. 
but would you say, God, today I'm grabbing hold of your words, that I am loved, that I'm set apart, that I'm accepted. I wonder what next step are you going to take? You can just tell God today, Lord, this isn't going to just sit in here in the auditorium. I'm going to take it with me this week. Maybe you're going to say, God, I'm going to immerse myself in your word. God, I'm I'm going to write out some truths that are found in your scriptures. I'm going to declare what's true of me because of what Jesus has done. Maybe you'd say, God, I'm going to live I'm going to live from my worth. I'm going to stop living for it. As we continue to pray, I want to pray for one specific group of people for just a moment. Throughout the message, I've continually said, in Jesus, in Jesus, in in Jesus, this is who we get to say that we are. But you might be here and say, I don't know if I'm in Jesus. And I want to give you that opportunity today. to respond to the goodness of God in your life. What what does that mean? It's a lifelong journey, but it can start with a prayer of recognizing that you need Jesus. Let me explain what it means and I'll guide you in just a moment. It's recognizing that you're a sinner in need of a savior, which is true of all of us. Those things you've thought, said, or did that displease God, that's sin. And the Bible says that it's, it's worthy of punishment. But the good news what we call the gospel, is that Jesus went to the cross to take that punishment. Jesus died for you. He died for me. And when you believe it, you're forgiven. But Jesus didn't stay in the tomb. It says on the third day, he rose from the dead to new life, which means that you get to raise up to new life as well. If you say, today's my day, I want to begin to follow Jesus, to know that I'm in him, that all the promises of God in the scriptures are now true of me. I get a walk in his love. I get a walk set apart. I get a walk accepted. Count me in. Today is my day. If that's you, I'm going to pray. And when we pray, you can just pray silently in your own heart. If that's you, right now, just say, today's my day. Pray something like this. Jesus, I need you. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, and I believe that Jesus, you are that Savior. I believe that you went to the cross to pay for my sins. I believe that you rose up from the dead so that I could have new life. And today, I'm choosing to follow you. Maybe you pray something like this, but God, I can't do it on my own. I need your Holy Spirit to to fill me up. Father, we know that you love all of these prayers we're praying in this place today. Lord, what a joy it is to know you. What a joy it is to be able to respond to your goodness and your grace. You've done it all. And we thank you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Everybody said together, amen, amen. Hey, listen, here at Echo Church, the way we say it is no one ever takes the next step alone. As you're praying with God and you're taking next steps, we are with you in that journey. We wanna help you, we wanna walk alongside of you. And it just starts right here. Uh, Why don't you put your hands together and celebrate those who might've been praying some prayers today. Listen, yeah, you are never, never alone. Hey, thanks so much for joining with us online today. If you pray with us just a moment ago, I want to challenge you to do something right now. Text the word ECHO to 94253. Click on the link that we'll send you and then take the bold step of letting us know the spiritual decision that you just made. 
Don't let what God is doing in your heart stay here. We can help you connect with others and grow in your faith. So right now, text ECHO to 94253 and let us know. In fact, for anyone that's wanting prayer or anyone that's interested in connecting at ECHO or taking a spiritual next step, text ECHO to 94253 and let us know how God is moving in your heart. If you have preschool and elementary children, I also want to encourage you to find our videos that we upload just for them. You can find them on our YouTube channel, Midtown is Preschool, Uptown is Elementary. Now, these videos are a lot of fun and they're a great way to spiritually encourage your family. More than anything, I want to invite you to bring your children to experience Echo Kids live each Sunday at Avon Middle School South. They have an absolute blast playing meaningful games, learning the Bible, uh, talking in small groups, and singing and dancing. Our Echo Kids team would love to welcome them very soon. Finally, if you'd like to get back to Echo through a tithe or offering, you can do so at echochurch.cc and simply click on the Give button. If you prefer, you can also do this in the echochurch.cc app and click on the Give button there as well. Uh, we want to thank you for your generosity and let you know that God is using your gift to echo His love into the hearts of so many people. All right, again, thanks for joining us online today. Next Sunday, I want to invite you to join us in person at Avon Middle School South. And, of course, we'll continue to have our messages online as well. Listen, we love you guys, and we will see you soon.